Okay, so I have to tell you a story. Uh, we are trying to connect with all of our ministry partners, all of our serve team members, life group uh, members and leaders. If you haven't gotten a personal call or uh, email yet, please drop us a line, info at bayviewglen.org. We just want to check in with you. We want to pray with you. We want to see if there's anything that you need. Uh, but anyway, that's not the point of the story, although I invite you to do that. The point of the story is I called one of my favorite ministry partners this week. I know I'm not supposed to have favorites, but she really is one of my favorites. Her name's Marion. She's in her early 90s. She still drives and still does most of her grocery shopping and all that stuff. Probably could outrun me in a 100-meter dash, to be honest with you. She is super fantastic and has loved Jesus and walked closely with him for a very, very, very long time. So what I was doing was I was calling Marion in order to encourage her, love her, pastor her, remind her that God is near. But can I tell you something? She turned the tide on me pretty quickly. And she was the one that began to encourage me. She was the one that loved on me. She was the one that supported and encouraged me. One of the comments that she made over the course of the conversation was really extraordinary. I said something like, you know, this these times with COVID and whatever else, they're really unprecedented, Marianne. And she said, you know, they're not all that unprecedented. She said, Lucas, I, I lost two cousins to a diphtheria pandemic in 1936 within two weeks of one another. And you know what, whether it was an actual pandemic, I know it was a metric to that or whatever, the, the reality is that there was a diphtheria fear or scare in 1936. And I said to Marion, I said, Marion, nobody on the planet remembers 1936, but you do. You know what else she remembers? She remembers World War II. And she remembers Vietnam and she remembers the Cold War. And she remembers swine flu and bird flu and every other flu that has kind of been an issue in our world over the last 92 years. She remembers Rwanda, Uganda, Sudan. She remembers the Holocaust. She remembers these things. And she has seen God's faithfulness over time. And it's really something that only age can do. It's just wisdom. It's just years under the belt. It's frequent flyer faith that she has, that she was able to impart to me. And I left that conversation feeling so uplifted and so encouraged in the midst of, of, a, of an anxious time and a fearful time and a difficult time for me personally and for our church. I was so grateful for Marion. So then I started to think, is there a Bible passage or a chapter or a book or whatever, where an older person who has seen a lot speaks to a younger person who is anxious, frustrated, disappointed, enduring, and trying to persevere through challenging times. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. The book is 2 Timothy. The author is Paul. He's writing to his protege, a young man named Timothy. Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. Now, Paul had been with him on a couple of occasions. He had come and gone from Ephesus a couple of times, and there was turmoil and argument and division in the church there. It was difficult for Timothy to be a pastor. He was a young man when he came to pastor that church in Ephesus. 
And Timothy was growing frustrated and disappointed. His life was challenging. He felt lonely in the work. He was experiencing anxiety. Can I just ask you a question? Are you feeling any of that right this second? Frustration, disappointment, loneliness, isolation from others. This is exactly what Timothy felt. This is exactly what he was going through, exactly what you're going through, exactly what I'm going through. And this older man, Paul, in my story, it was this older woman, Marion, spoke to me, but just in the same in this situation, an older man, Paul, speaks to Timothy and he wants to remind him, what are your priorities? What do you want to focus on during this time of anxiety and loneliness and fear for different reasons, but he was feeling all those same emotions that you and I are feeling right now. Paul says, I want you to keep your focus. Don't lose heart. Don't lose sight of what is the priority, the main thing. As a friend of mine used to say, the main thing is keeping the main thing, the main thing. That's what 2 Timothy is all about. So what I want to do today is just bring to you a couple of encouragements and exhortations from the book of 2 Timothy, from an older man written to a younger man, an older man who had seen a lot and endured a lot and been through a lot to a younger man who was feeling anxiety. I hope that you can see how relevant this encouragement from the Lord is for us today. If you have your device, your physical copy of your Bible, if you need to look on with a friend or family member, no more than five, I'm sure, there in the comfort of your own home, living room, kitchen, front porch, back porch, whatever, uh, let's get out our word together, God's word together, our copy of it anyway, and take a look at the book of 2 Timothy. And, and I want to track you to the end of the book to kind of start our conversation here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm just going to read verses 6 and 7 to give you a sense of where Paul is in his own life. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. This is verse 6 of chapter 4. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. What does that mean? I'm coming to the end of my life. I know the end is near. Paul is an old man by this point, and he has certainly endured a lot. He keeps going. He says, the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I had finished the race. I have kept the faith. The book of 2 Timothy was actually written from Rome. And history tells us that after Paul writes this book, he would be beheaded because of his gospel proclamation. He was martyred for his faith. He truly is at the very end of a very long, uh, successful in so many ways, difficult in so many ways, life. But he's learned a lot. And he's at the end. And here is what he tells young Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, and here's our first encouragement. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, verse 3, I thank my God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you 
that I may be filled with joy. You, you, know what's, you know what's interesting and just fascinating about this? How relevant is the word of God right now? Listen to what Paul is saying to Timothy. I long to see you. We are physically separated and I long to be with you. The thing I miss is your physical presence. I was just talking to these guys in my house uh, that are doing this video right now. We were laughing about the fact that there's a couple of us that have not touched another human being in like the last three weeks. I don't know about you, but I miss being together with the body of Christ. I miss being physically present with somebody else. Man, we got Facebook and we got Instagram. I re-downloaded Angry Birds this week, been playing a lot of Angry Birds, but there is nothing that replaces being physically present with another human being and gathering together as the body. Friends, can I just encourage you, even from what Paul is saying to Timothy, I long to see you. When things return to some semblance of normal, when we're able to be together again, let's not waste that. Let's not take it for granted. Let's not squander it. Let's not sit in the same room together and text each other. Let's not get caught up on our devices anymore. But remember this moment when physical presence was taken away from us, how we longed for it again. Our phones don't replace that. Our laptops don't replace that. Feeling the touch and the embrace, the handshake, seeing the smile of another person who loves Jesus or another person even that God loves. There is no replacement for that. So let's learn in this time how to reset ourselves for when things return to normal. Let's keep reading. Paul says to Timothy, in this time of frustration, in this time of loneliness and difficulty and despair, in this time of anxiety, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Okay, here's what Paul's saying to Timothy. There was a time where I probably quite or physically, quite literally, laid his hands on Timothy and prayed, in Timothy's case, for a preaching gift. And Paul is comparing that preaching gift to a flame. And he says, fan it, give it more oxygen, make it grow. In this time of anxiety, isolation, fear, and loneliness, your gift that God has given you can grow. That's what Paul is saying to Timothy. And, and I would say the same thing to you. Please don't squander this time. Please don't waste this time. God has given you a unique gift with which to edify the body. And if you're lazy about it and you're not intentional about it, you will watch that flame dwindle into just kind of some coals on the bottom of the fire. But if you fan it, if you say, God has given me a gift of evangelism, I'm gonna figure out how to do that in a digital way. God has given me the gift of hospitality, so I'm going to start thinking of ways that I can embrace people even though I can't physically embrace them. I'm going to do a little bit more reading about my specific gifts. I'm even going to do some reading about what spiritual gifts are and what I have and, and what God has called me to do to serve his church. I'm not going to sit around and play Angry Birds all day. That's a commitment that I've made to myself that has been difficult to keep. I'll be honest with you, but I'm doing my best. 
He says, fan into flame the gift that God has given you. I want you to know, men and women of God, if you can hear my voice, and I know you can, can see my face, God has given you a gift, at least one. That's what the Bible says, at least one. So during this time of isolation and anxiety and loneliness, fan that gift into flame. Fan that gift into flame. Verse seven, he says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So here's the other thing that Paul is saying to Timothy. I know the temptation in the midst of these challenges, in the midst of this difficulty in your church, the temptation is going to be to give in to fear. Paul says, can I tell you the truth though? God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. Can I tell you the truth, Bayview Glen Church? God did not give you a spirit of fear. So any time of the next few hours, few days, few weeks that you feel yourself leaning into fear, I want you to know that that's not God nudging you. That's not God wooing you. It's not, it's not pulling you into fear. Take appropriate precautions, wash your hands, wear a mask, don't do big gatherings. All those, all those things that our government is encouraging us to do, I would encourage you to do the same. Even as we film this, we were careful uh, to practice social distancing and isolation and those types of things. I, all those things are okay. But the minute we start leaning into fear and worst case scenario and what if, that is not the spirit of God. The spirit of God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Tell yourself the truth. Let's keep going. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Here's what Paul encourages Timothy during this time of challenge in his own life. He says, uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 4, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who listed him. All right, so, so here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, remember what it means to be together and we long to be, to be together. Let's not take that for granted. He's saying, fan into flame the gift you've been given. He's saying, don't fear. And right now he's saying, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. He's saying to Timothy, you keep your focus upward, Timothy. You keep your focus upward. When everybody else is focusing on what's going on around them, you, like a good soldier, you keep your focus on the one who enlisted you, and that's Jesus the King. He is the one who has enlisted you. He is the one who has brought you into his kingdom. He is the one who has turned you loose to achieve and accomplish the mission of God in the world. You keep your focus on him. Men and women of God, I would even tell you from a practical perspective, one of the things for me that I've needed to do these last couple of weeks to keep my focus up is to limit my news intake. Man, oh man, I can spend hours scrolling through Apple News and looking at CNN and when is this thing gonna end and the, you know, the trajectory of the virus and all this other stuff and all the implications for the economy and whatever else. And all of a sudden I get into the weeds and you know what Paul would say to me? He said, look, Luke, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. Right now you're entangled in civilian pursuits. You're entangled in things that aren't kingdom oriented. Do you need to be aware of those things? Sure, but not entangled. 
not entangled. So keep your focus upward. Then uh, in the rest of chapter two, uh, Paul encourages Timothy in a very interesting way. Remember now, Paul is at the end of his life. He's saying, these are the most important things, Timothy. These are the things I want to impart to you. These are the things I want you to fight for. And Paul starts to list in a couple different verses, something very, very interesting that that I wouldn't have expected him to. Now watch, uh, verse 14 of chapter two. He says, remind them, that's your church, of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but it only ruins the hearers. Verse 16, but avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Skip down to verse 23. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. Isn't it interesting to you that Paul, with all of this wisdom at the end of his life, says to Timothy, hey, here's some wisdom that I would give to you, my young Timothy. He calls him my son, actually, in this book. Just keep your mouth shut and don't fight with people. It's not worth it. Men and women of God, as we look back 10 years from now on the coronavirus epidemic that's going on all across our world right now, and what we remember is that we bickered a lot with our family, that we bickered and quarreled with fellow believers, that there were divisions among us that maybe pre-existed coronavirus and we didn't deal with them, we will look back with regret. Paul says, be careful with your words. Don't bicker, don't argue, be a blessing. Let your speech be seasoned with salt and speak life into people right now. You know this, I don't need to tell you, but they need it more than ever for you to be a life giver, a peacemaker, a blessing giver, a joy imparter with your words. Don't quarrel, don't bicker, don't get caught up in useless arguments, even the political stuff that's going on right now. For the love, stay away from that stuff, Paul would say to Timothy. But you focus on Jesus and be a person who speaks blessing to others. Finally, Here's the last charge that I want to give to you from Paul's exhortation to Timothy in in the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, verse 2, here it is, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of seasons, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience, and teaching. I stumbled over that a little bit. Let me do it one more time. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Friends, our world needs more than ever someone to preach the word to them. And you might be thinking, yeah, that's why I tell them to tune in to our simulcast or our live stream. Yeah, that's why I invite them to church. No, 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 no. You preach the word. Well, Lucas, I don't know how to preach a sermon. No, in your conduct, preach the word. In your care and tenderness, preach the word. 
in the way you pray for those in your neighborhood, preach the word in the way that you choose peace and not fear, in the way that you choose joy and not anxiety during this time, preach the word. In all of what you do, you are demonstrating the good news about Jesus. And when you have an opportunity, declare the good news about Jesus by sharing a verbal witness. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of boldness, and you can do it. Preach the word. Let's heed this counsel from Paul who, like my friend Marion, had seen a lot. He'd been snake bit, shipwrecked, beaten within an inch of his life, just like Marion has seen diphtheria and world wars and the threat of nuclear war and all these things. The old teaching the young with the wisdom that they have. Paul is saying to us, and let me remind us, number one, when we're back together again, let's not take it for granted, but let's take joy in it and capitalize on it. Number two, let's fan into flame the gifts that God has given us. Let's not squander this time by playing angry birds. Let's choose joy over fear. Let's keep our focus up and not be soldiers that get entangled in civilian pursuits. Let's be people who are blessing one another with their speech and not causing division and quarrels. And finally, let's preach the word. Let's preach the word to anyone who will hear the good news about Jesus. Let me pray for you, and we're gonna close with a song. God, I am grateful for those who have tuned in today, those who call Bayview Glen Church their home, and even maybe some who are checking us out today. I am so glad that they've tuned in. God, I pray your richest blessings over each individual and each family that's listening to my voice right now. I pray your goodness and grace. I pray that peace would reign in those homes and not anxiety. I pray that they would keep their focus upward toward you. I pray that they would speak blessing to one another. I pray that they would seek ways in which they can fan those gifts into flame that you've given them. And I pray that they would not be afraid to preach the word in season and out of season. God, would you bless them? Would you pour your presence out on them and give them peace today in Christ's name? Amen.